0: Welcome to another episode of College Football Down Under. My name is Aaron Kemp. As always, I am joined by Will Murden. We've got your stripping music. I've seen your nipples. We are your college football side piece. How are you going today, Will?
1: I'm getting them out. I'm up and about. I'm excited. We are here, sort of. We're like a, a half <laughs> jump away from it. But no, I'm, I'm really good, my friend. How are you doing? I'm
0: good. Yeah, it's like the soft opening week, isn't it? It's and And by soft, I mean flaccid. In terms of the games on offer for us in Week Zero, there's not a lot to get too excited about, and it, we, you know what, we'll deep dive on Week Zero
1: later we in will the show. Touch it. But we've got other stuff first, right? We've got some exciting stuff. Appropriate, do we? What's the exciting stuff? Like, we're we're talking Independence. We're talking Group of Five. You know, this oh, is a Group of Five yeah. show. That that is exciting for me.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, this is like the everyone else preview, I guess. We're just going to kind of. I mean, being a group of five show, we're not just kind of lobbing you all in together, but on the same token, that is exactly what
1: we're going to do before we dive into this i've I've got something I need to ask of you I've got a question mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. like our <laughs> listeners I'm sure love to hear this crap because <laughs> why else would you listen to it but i've got, I've got a question around your um your professional life and, and what you get up to uh in the in the regular hours of the day um in terms of your style of teaching and 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 who you are, because you're a teacher. New listeners, Big Kempy does does his work with the kids. Uh, I, I'm curious to hear from you. Uh-huh. Where, what sort of teacher do you see yourself as? Because like we are quite far removed from school now, but you, you think back and you know you've got different types of teachers, right? There, there's cool mm-hmm. teachers. There's mm-hmm. dickheads there's like taskmasters like where where do you slot and and there is a reason why i'm asking this question because i have had some feedback from one of the boys that i play football with this is where we're at i'm still running around with football with kids who you are teaching oh, who wow. are who gave me some insight <laughs> as to <laughs> oh, where God. you're at and i kind of want to compas- contrast and compare here so um where do you sit I-
0: how old is this student, by the way? Is this like a 18-year-old, 17-year-old? Like, is that what we're talking about? No, i would be
1: like 2021 20,
0: now. Oh, okay. Wait, who is... Uh, I could probably maybe work that out. Anyway, uh, <laughs> d- don't know. Don't know where I sit. I probably... If I, could, if I could belt kids, I would probably at some stage. Like, I've always been in the camp that um, I think teachers should get one roundhouse kick to the face per class... Per class, term. per, per term. class, per turn. Okay. And okay. like, and so if you get to the end of the term or getting to like week nine or ten, and everyone's starting to get short fused, and you haven't used your roundhouse in that class, Fantastic. those kids will be peaking. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be on edge because it could be something completely innocuous. Next thing you know, bam, fly yeah. kick to the head, roundhouse to the head. Just unconscious child at the front of the classroom, just for the rest of the lesson. I love
1: the concept. I think the risk there is, though, like day one, you lose your temper, you (laughs) use your roundhouse, (laughs) and then the kids just run over you the rest of the term, because they know. Like, if you do it again, you're going to jail. But uh, you you can't burn it too early.
0: Yeah, no, you can't. I don't think there's any world in which I would be considered a taskmaster, I don't think. Okay. Um, to say that I'm the cool teacher also just that simple sentence makes me super uncool. So like you're really pushing. It's a real interesting standpoint to say this the cool teacher because I feel like by doing that you would heaps not cool. Yeah. Uh, yep. So yep. I don't know where I sit. I feel like I've got a good moral ground mostly. I don't know. Okay. What do they okay. say?
1: Look, the the feedback that I had received was that <laughs> they cute. were they were initially thrilled when they saw like young athletic guy teaching the class. Like this is going to be awesome. He's he's, he's going to be great. And then you turned out to be a bit of a dick. Perfect. Like actually made them do shit. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. you do have a job to do, and I I imagine it would be difficult with, with especially some of the kids that play football out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like I must say, you have done a pretty poor job from what what we've turned out and, and is playing with us. But uh, it, it must be a tough one.
0: Thanks for the support, mate. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I always had an issue with the uh, the Iron Bank boys. They were they they have problems, deep seated social no issues, and no <laughs> I think that continues into their footy club existence. Yeah, um, oh, without
1: a doubt. And I like I'm certainly part of that, a big part of that.
0: (laughs) You're leading that group (laughs) now, so that's on you. All right, enough of this absolute crap. Uh, Volshia Podcast, we're a part of that at CFB Down Under, so make sure you do head across there and support all their good work. Um, I'm sure they will continue to be doing things. They love their UFC. I I always nearly say like UCF because I don't like, I don't really follow fighting that much. I know that's more your jam. You love watching dudes cave each other's faces in. How would you go in a UFC fight? Do you reckon?
1: Uh, I like my stamina's not too bad, so I'd be able to run around for longer than other blokes before getting my head caved in. Okay. I can yeah. also scream quite loud, and that might like <laughs> they might find that quite alarming. <laughs> but no, not well. Like it would, it it'd be laughable, and like, I think the one. Uh, the older I get, the less I enjoy the old, like, Twitter video of public brawling. Like, I used to yeah. quite enjoy that shit. Now yeah. I, I get a little bit sickened by it. But the ones that I, I will still tolerate are where there's a bunch of dudes being dickheads and then they, like, kind of do old it to someone... Old military dude? Yeah, old or someone who is, like, well-trained up. in the arts yeah. of, of the marshal and... <laughs> yeah. uh, you can just see it's like these arrogant guys, and then it just all turns to shit for him. Like I enjoy that, so
0: because that was oh, you,
1: yeah, oh, was absolutely, absolutely. And now I'm I'm wise enough to know that I would just not do that. And I've been lucky enough throughout my adolescence that I've avoided that on the whole. But uh yeah,
0: <laughs> all right, our other sponsor, oh, the sponsor, Burnley Brewing. Send me my beer. I need it. All right, let's uh, get into what will be the everyone else preview. Before we do kick that off, we've got some uh, maybe a little bit more crap to swim through. We're not going to start gambling just yet, I don't think. Um, and I mean, college football—you can now what gamble the rest of the year now into February if you want on football. That is a real possibility for you. Um, just be aware that coming up, will 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 will. And get into his uh, gambling segment, and they say don't get into business with family. I say don't get into gambling with Will. It is one or one of the um, number of ways to really fuck your bank account up, but this is a super fast way of doing it. So uh, we won't start you off this week. We won't allow you to join the ranks of the downtrodden and depressed, mentally ill and homeless uh, but yeah, we'll start you on that journey next week.
1: I I need to rethink some strategies here. I think that the first thing that Again, comes to mind, okay. no, no, well, I, I need to really dial it back. And if I'm really being clever about this, I'm ejecting you, I'm finding a new partner, I'm going by a new name and I'm losing all the crap like the last five years of terrible, terrible punting that I've had. And then just kind of coming out as a a, a new... Born Again Gambler, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, th- I think that's the only thing that can save. No, look, you're spot on. It, it has been a rough trot over a long period of time, and the one thing that is impressive throughout it is the consistency at which I have failed to deliver profits for those following along. So that that in itself, statistically, you would have thought if I was just throwing darts at a board, I'd be doing better than what I am. So. I don't take from that what you will <laughs> <laughs>
0: not exactly making it rain here in uh, in sunny South Australia at the moment but it is getting to college football season because foot finals footy from an AFL perspective, is here. Um, the, the kids at Iron Bank are completely misguided and still think they've got a future in football, um, and somehow their teachers are to blame. Anyway, the last little bit of news. Nick Saban gets paid through until 2030. He's going to be old as hell. Does he see out that contract? It's a, what, $98 million extension. Does he see that contract out? Is it worth it? You know, where do you sit on the Nick Saban front? Oh,
1: look, absolutely, it's worth it. You give that man whatever he wants. Like, he has has every dime of that. And as we were talking about before we came on air, like, what's the return on investment there? The money he brings into the program, like, 100 million bucks is probably what he's doing each year. So it's not a problem financially. Does he make it to the end? I'm not sure. Like, that is old. He is old now. Another six, seven years from now is really. Really old. So, I mean, Joe Biden's doing it, but he's also kind of like fallen asleep at press conferences and shit. So, uh, like, it, it, it's also a tough spot in Alabama that all he has to have is like a nine-win season, and they're going to be like, this guy's done fucking nothing for us. Let's get him out. <laughs> yeah. We want to get whoever just won the national championship in. So, I, I don't think he gets to the end of it, just but uh absolutely worth it. Dude's a legend. I find it an interesting one. Everyone's like, oh, that's so much money. Like, uh, you know, he's getting
0: paid heaps and 98 million that could do all this stuff i'm like the nfl just paid a dude 126 million guaranteed and he raped a whole heap of women like well that's a bit harsh not raped, just jerked off onto them um so Big like difference. yeah sexual assault on on levels but <laughs> you know and that was a whole weird setup there with deshaun watson but we don't need to dive into that but $98 million, $126 million. They clearly, you know, the money might be misguided, but I'd rather invest it in Nick Saban than uh, a certain Browns quarterback.
1: Yeah, like I'm not big on those comparisons there because, it, like, it is what it is. But the uh sorry, college football is a billion dollar business, like multi billion dollar business. So, and he is at the pinnacle of the program that is at the pinnacle of that business. So like it's not outrageous to me. Yes, it is a lot of money, especially to everyday folk like you and I, but in the scheme of things, it's a market economy. The dude's worth it because of what he's been able to deliver.
0: All right, let's get into these games. How do we want to do this? I know you've got a, a heavy American flavor, as in the American conference. Um, the All American Conference. Uh, I have dipped my toe into a couple of independents. I've got a fair bit of Mountain West action. Um, so, how do you want to do this? Do you want to just bounce back and forward in this? Is yeah, let's do it.
1: Yeah, I think so. All
0: right. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start I- at Houston? Let's let's start with you at Cincinnati. That's probably like they made the playoff last year. So let's let's jump into the Bearcats.
1: Okay. Let's let's talk the top of the American last year's. First group of five team to make it into the playoff, the Cincinnati Bearcats. I think the question that I asked myself when I went to do a bit of a review of these guys is how far are they going to fall off? Because last year was fantastic. They were undefeated throughout the year, made it to the playoff, ended up getting you know, easily handled in there. None of us were shocked by it, but they were deserved of that shot. Uh, and, and where to uh, uh, do they go from that it is the question that you want to look at. And they have lost a number of key players for this group here. So you talk about Des Ritter at that quarterback position was massive for them. He was super productive. Uh, they had some big names on defense. Or Sorry, they had their running back, Jerome Ford, also gone. I believe he's with Cleveland Browns now. Uh, defensively, they had Myjai Sanders on the end and then their, their pair of absolute stud defensive backs in Source Gardner and Kobe Bryant. All, all gone, right? The, the, and these guys are legitimate NFL talent. I think the one thing that they were able to hold on to, which is a massive win for them, is Luke Fickle. Like You cannot underestimate the fact that they were able to hold on to him because he would have had offers from big-time programs for him to, to move on uh, on the back of what was a really successful season there and what he's been able to build. And I think the culture that he's set there He's been recruiting at a really high level. I think he's shown that he can develop talent up there with the best of them, with what he's been able to build there. The fact that he's still in has these guys right up the top for me. And I still think that they're going to be the team to beat in the American, even with all of this turnover, I think. They're certainly one of the contenders there. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what happens at that quarterback position. So it looks like they've got Ben Bryant, Evan Prater battling it out to see who's going to be the starter there. So that's a a massive one. But they will have one of the best offensive lines in the American Conference, which is going to help them there. Whilst they do lose Jerome Ford, they've got Trey Tucker, Tyler Scott kind of uh, as playmakers available to them. So I, I think... They're, they're going to be good. They're not going to be as good. Last year was that perfect. We talk about the, the cycles there. They, they were on and up. They had it all going for them. They do take a step back there. But they've got a manageable schedule. They play Arkansas, which is a massive matchup for them. But not it's not a Georgia, right? It, it, it's not an Alabama that, that you know they're going to lose. They're, they're certainly in that matchup. And you
0: know, Arkansas
1: have been good, though. That's why I'm not saying it's an easy matchup. But I think it's a nut. Like it's going to carry some credibility if they can get that win to it, and I think they're certainly in a position to be able to win a game like that. So for mine, they're one of the the contenders in the American. They're going to be a good team, and I would not be surprised to see them finish in the top fifteen again this year.
0: Yeah, I think they're an interesting team. It feels like they're in, they've got almost a bit of a free pass this year. It's a bit of a transition year. That yes, they made the playoff. Uh, now that that monkey's kind of off the back if they have another really good year, which is on the cards as well, like, you know, there's some dangerous road games at UCF and SMU could be challenging as well. But if they can get through that, get to a nine win season, get to a 10 win season, they're still in and around the mark and they've still had a really, really good year. If things go worse than that and they get to eight wins, they can just, you know, whatever. They move to the power five next year and they're in the big 12. So they almost get a bit of a, a free ride. I think this year, yes, they'll want to win and yes, they want to be successful, but no, they, they've they got something to look forward to and they have now put runs on the board last year so if this year does take a bit of a downturn with the monumental losses they've had to the NFL no one's really going to be shocked by that and Cincinnati will not lose face on any level uh, and they'll continue to be a powerhouse really uh, moving into the Big 12
1: yeah absolutely
0: all right, where to
1: next? Well, I think over to you now, mate. I, I think maybe we'll hit on the the big program in the independent ranks, the, uh, the Golden Domers, the Catholics, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Yeah,
0: I have got mixed feelings on Notre Dame this year. I mean, everyone is super excited about Marcus Freeman. He was calling the defensive plays there, takes over as the head man. It's not the sort of job you would normally associate with your first head coaching experience would not normally be at a school like Notre Dame. Brian Kelly did such a good job. You know, I thought he was going to get fired five years ago. He did such a good job, had, you know, so many double-digit wins. Um, the, arguably the most successful coach in Notre Dame history. Yeah, didn't get the national championship stuff, but in terms of wins and losses was was right up there. Um, you know, and, and having said that, a lot of the feeling around South Bend at the moment is that it's refreshing and it's a bit of a reboot, and it's all very, very positive for the Fighting Irish. I'm not excited. I am excited about them, but just not this year. I don't think this is the year for them. You know that to to win a national championship, which is what Notre Dame is in the hunt for. Every, like that's you're winning national championships, or you're not that successful. And Notre Dame are in and around that national championship conversation. That's where they want to be. So I don't think it's going to happen this year. You're going to get a first test out the gate because you get a high state and you're going to see how good they really are or are not based on that. Uh, They also have got Road Games USC. They've got Clemson as well. So that's not necessarily an easy matchup. In terms of the team structure and how they're built, I like Tyler Buckner. I loved Drew Pine last year. Both of them came in as as relief efforts when Jack Cohn got injured. Um, I think Pine is... He's not going to start. It's Tyler Buckner's team. But there's something about him. Little bit Johnny Manziel-ish. Little bit smaller. Super explosive. Just has the knack for a big play. Tyler Buckner also explosive. More of a runner than a passer. Um... But I think he's limited. There's certainly a ceiling on Tyler Butner as a elite playmaker. Uh, and combine that with the fact that you've got no weapons on the outside. In fact, really your skill positions are in a huge world of hurt at the moment, outside of the best tight end in the game in Michael Mayer. Kyron Williams is gone. You've got nothing from a recruiting standpoint or anyone that's really flashed over the last few years At the wide receiver position. I was down on the Notre Dame wide receivers last year. That situation to me has not improved any. Um, So I'm not a huge fan of this team moving forward in terms of a national contender. On the defensive side, you bring in our golden former Miami head coach, was. uh, at Detroit for a little while in the NFL, just come across from the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, so he's spent a lot of time in the NFL. So I'm expecting him to do a pretty good job on the defense. And on top of that, you've got a defensive head coach. Expect a good year, some hiccups along the way. I'm looking at 9-3, 8-4. and, three, eight and four.
1: Yeah, okay. like I tend to agree with a lot of what you said there. I think Marcus Freeman's a very likeable guy. Like He's a young guy, has a lot of energy, a lot of passion for the program. He seems to have been embraced by the playing group. But it's a tough gig to walk into without that experience behind. And I think he found that out when taking on My Oklahoma State Cowboys in their bowl game uh, in the Fiesta Bowl, was it this year? Oh, sorry, last year. Yeah. Um, this year, last year, uh, yeah, so earlier this year, um, uh, where they kind of gave up the twenty-two point uh, lead or twenty-one point lead that they had in that one, and and like it's it's a tough job, and he's he seems like he's put up a good supporting cast around him, as you can at Notre Dame. You're going to have all the resources available to you, but it's not something you want to be working and learning on the fly. Like, you want this up and humming for you, and I think they're going to take their licks. They're they're not going to have it their own way. They don't have an established quarterback that you can point to and go, yeah, I have confidence that this guy is going to be able to deliver to these guys. They've got enough question marks in key areas for me that I agree they're going to lose games this year. I think around the eight-win mark seems seems about right um, and other like I'm a bit down it sounds like you are too compared to the national consensus that think that this is a, a top 10 football program I don't see that
0: no I agree and uh, yeah I, again I, I've said this the whole way through that new head coaches cost their team wins not in I I don't mean that in that they're going to make a decision in the game a, a very acute loss it could be culture it could be turnover it could be fractionally mismanagement in preparation, um, whatever it is, you're going to see, or you're n- probably not going to see that, but there will be a loss and it'll just be a, a slight misfit, a misfire even. And uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't su- be surprised. At that. Not only that, like I said, you, you don't have an easy run of it. Like uh, opening at a high state, that's almost going to, not a guaranteed loss certainly, but it's going to be a really, really tough win game if and let i mean they're playing the most talented team in the country arguably road games to usc like that's not gonna be easy with lincoln riley and then you get clemson so and they should be better as well anyway let's not labor that point too much and we'll jump back across to the american where do you want to go i know where actually i know where you want to go you want to go to lane green wave
1: Slane green wave. I do not. No, I want to talk Houston. Okay. I think I've, I've got Cincinnati-Houston, and then I'm probably just going to run through the most of the rest of the American for it here. Mm-hmm. But I think this Houston team deserves uh, a bit more time and effort, um, partly because they're moving into the powerhouse that the Big 12 will be, uh, but also because this team is is good this year. And I think this, this team has a genuine chance to go undefeated throughout the regular season. Um, on the back of what was a 12-2 and two season last year, which is very impressive. So Dana Holgerson's obviously th- third year, or this would be his fourth year now that he's going into. He's an offensive guy. They have a high-powered offense last year they're putting up 36 points a game. They've got Clayton tuned back, who is a good quarterback. He's probably the, a, a genuine All-American candidate. He'd be the, the conference uh, All-AAC player. That they've got there and he's well supported with uh, Nathaniel Dell uh, who's a really productive receiver there back that I'm expecting big things out of again this year. They did lose their uh, starting running back in Outon McCaskill Uh, to an ACL uh, across the spring, which is unfortunate for them. But they do have a a couple of players uh, who can fill the role there. They've brought one across from USC. They've also gone and supported Dell with a number of transfers too in from some big programs. So they're pulling guys like Cody Jackson from Oklahoma, uh, Joseph Manjak from USC as well, Samuel Brown across from West Virginia. These are big-time programs. Now, these may not be big names, but I think they're, probably positioned well in this offense to, to be productive. So they've got a lot going on there. Where they were letting themselves down last year is uh, they had a bit of a leaky offensive line. They gave up a lot of sacks. Uh, they, they probably didn't get the push that they were looking for. If they can show some improvement there, I think that's one of the areas that they can take another step. What they'll also need to focus on, though, is that defensive side of the ball. The reason that they were able to get to 12-2 and two last year is because that their defense improved out of sight from the year before and they're going to need to continue that to be competitive like this team they're giving up 20 points a game last year which is very competitive in an aggressive american conference where points are being put up it's going to be tough for them though they do need to replace logan hall they've got marcus jones uh damarian williams These guys are all playing on Sundays now, and they're not easily replaceable at a program like Houston where you're not pulling in four- and five-star guys all the time. You need to train these blokes up, so that's going to be tough to do. The reason that I think that they can go undefeated throughout the regular season is really the schedule allows for it. So it is tough to begin with. UTSA on the road, not an easy one. It's a game they should win, but it's not an easy one. So, and then that's followed immediately by Texas Tech on the road again. One, they should, they should certainly well, challenge they got,
0: for. They got busted up by Texas Tech last year, seventy yeah. points or something. And yeah, they. I mean, Texas a good team,
1: but th- those two games there, then followed by Kansas at home, like th- there's there's no there's nothing there that screams to me. Massive danger that they can't win that game. I think they can win all of those games. They also miss Cincinnati and UCF across their conference play there. So I think they're going to do well in the American uh, across the other teams there. And for mine, this team, genuinely, if they can start hot, have every chance to make it through to that American conference championship game without a loss.
0: I was big on Houston a couple of years back. I was a big Dana Holgerson fan and it sort of misfired year two when I was expecting to see some sort of turnaround. So I'm wait and see. I feel like I've been burnt a little bit here by Dana. And as a result, I'm sitting on the fence. I'm a bit of a wait and see at this point. I wasn't impressed really by their wins last year. Yeah, they got to, what did you say, 10 and 2? 12 and 2. 12-2, 12-2, my apologies. Uh, that did include a bowl game win against an Auburn team that was pretty terrible most of the year. But who did they beat that was of real note? They beat SMU, they beat Memphis. Both of those games were at home. They lost to Texas Tech pretty comfortably and then got crushed by Cincinnati in the conference championship game. So Houston have got all the talent, but they feel a little bit like Iowa State for me last year. I want to make sure before I get into bed with them, I'm going to make sure that they're actually going to deliver on on this talent because it didn't happen for Iowa State and I'm not 100% sure it's going to happen with Houston just yet. If, if it does, awesome. Trust me, I'll leap in there although I might not have a chance. Um, I'll just find whatever bit is left over that I can latch on to. Uh, but... Um, yeah, I, I just I'm not a hundred percent sure yet with them. So I'm I'm a wait and see on Houston.
1: Yeah, you're gonna know early. After those first two games, UTSA and Texas Tech, you know where they're at. If they win those, and if they win them well, then absolutely sky's the limit for that group.
0: Is it interesting that Dana Holgerson could end up going back to the Big Twelve?
1: I mean, yeah, it's cool. I seems like seems
0: it. odd, right? <laughs> he's like, i want out of the Big Twelve, I'm going to group of five, and he's like, oh, I'm 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 back here. Yeah,
1: awesome. but maybe maybe you kind of saw read the tea leaves a little bit. He, he kind of saw Houston, big media market. Maybe he could get stuff going there. He was happy with the setup that they had there and that there was potential for expansion to occur and that they were likely to be one of the the groups that would make that.
0: All right, cool. Uh, I'll roll to another independent if I can. UMass. Please? Let's talk UMass football. Let's not oh, do that. Oh, no. Uh, let's go BYU. Um, The Cougs. So this team last year... Well, last year I remember going in, leading into the season, and I was like, uh, "Zach Wilson's gone. That high-powered offense not going to be as good." I was super wrong. They were almost better last year, less explosive than what the Zach Wilson offense was, but certainly more consistent. Probably more kind of grinded out a little bit, um, and they were a fantastic offense in the end. They were in the top 20. They'll be looking to get crack the top 10 this year. Um, they won the Pac-12 last year for whatever that means, where they, you know beat everyone in that conference Um, and so they've had a couple of really really good years I think this year the offense is even more loaded than it has been but they just need a couple of things to go right Jaron Hall's got to take the next step up at quarterback he was really really good last year we need to go from good to great for him Uh, we need to see you crack that 30 touchdown mark uh, and, and turn the ball over a little bit less as well so I need a fantastic year for you the second thing we need is to replace Tyler Algier. Now, that's not an easy fix. you got Puka Nakua, Gunnar Romney as well. If they can get to that, I don't know what you're going to need. Uh, 1,500 yards, 1,300 yards or something from those two guys at the running back position. 1,600 yards, even a couple of 800-yard rushes would be really, really handy um, to, to loosen up the box a little bit and, and you know... You know, Give Jaron Hall an opportunity to, to zing that ball around because that's what they want to do. They want to pass the ball, um, but you've got to give him the chance with a more stable and solid run game. The defense, not so st- sold on. Um, I'd like to see them a little bit more stout up front. They've got some talent there at BYU. They always end up recruiting... Um, a whole bunch of giant Polynesian dudes. Um, so certainly a- along the interior of the defensive line, they they should be okay. They weren't last year. Um, so I need to see more out of them. And then on the schedule, you've got Notre Dame in Las Vegas. They go to Oregon as well. But I think this team, um, you know, should be a-, a really, really good contender for the rest of the way.
1: Oh, definitely. So I- I'll be the first to admit, I missed on this group massively last year. Uh, you kind of alluded to it, but they returned something like six... I'm not going re- to get too vocal on my, uh, my misses, mate. Oh, I absolutely... This is one that I will own up with. You <laughs> won't hear anything else. Like Everything else I did well, except my gambling last year. My gambling <laughs> and my prediction of BYU football. <laughs> everything else was awesome. Those two, fucked up. <laughs> and, and and like i thought i was justified in that right like we knew zach wilson was a, a stud and he was gone there were a whole heap of talented dudes that went to the nfl they had like six returning starters and you look at that and you go well these guys are definitely going to make take a massive step back and as you said they actually took a step forward they were really fucking good <laughs> yeah. and then if you look at this year they've, they've got jaron hall at the quarterback position he's now been in the program five years still only a junior the crazy fun (laughs) world that we live in these days Um, but that's a hell of a lot of experience he played really well I think that's super positive for them they did lose Tyler Algier who was probably one of my favorite running backs last year I had a number of favorite running backs but he was definitely one of them because he was a badass but they 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 identified a guy that they wanted to replace him in the cow running back Christopher Brooks and they're able to land him through the transfer market and I think he's earmarked for that role so that's going to be a big one for them I think like, these guys are going to be dangerous. This is a really good football team. They seem to be buying into what they're doing there this year. Uh, you, as you mentioned, some tough games in that schedule, but they're going to be competing for them. And and this is, like, we talked about Notre Dame before. What, Notre Dame got to play these guys? Oh, yeah. I wouldn't want that. I would not want that. So I think they're cooking well there. And another program that's kind of trending in the right direction before making the transition into the Big 12.
0: Yep. Alright, back to the, as we flip-flop again, back to the American. Uh, now, who should be around the mark next year? One of my favourites. Can we go to, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll give you your pick. Let's go SMU or Memphis.
1: SMU or Memphis. Alright, because I, I would have thought UCF or SMU. I, they, I, those nearly two said, are, I nearly said UCF. Are, are C- a couple of your you, faves? You, UCF were a
0: bit disappointing last year, and okay. I prefer those. I prefer SMU and prefer Memphis. So yeah, no,
1: that's yeah. fair. Well, let's go. Let's go to Mustangs then. You you do like uh, mm-hmm. SMU out of Dallas? There, beautiful campus. Mm-hmm. We spent some time mm-hmm. there, had a good time. Mm-hmm. Beautiful people around the place. Oh, um, nice. And
0: their uh, field's not looking so good at the moment. I don't know if you've seen that. I have not. No, what's going uh, on there? Oh, not good. It's no? a swamp at the moment. Really? Yeah. Check it out.
1: I, I, it's all over everyone. Twitter, dude. Everyone, take a look. But, um, so SMU last year started 7-0, and flying. like They were back. Everything was up and around. And then people were like, oh, Sonny Dykes, he's fantastic. Let's get him elsewhere. And then I don't know if that distracted them or what happened there, but they ended up losing 4-5 down the stretch. And it turned out to be somewhat of a disappointing eight-win season for them. Uh, and, and then that ended up being coupled with Sonny Dykes leaving and, and going out there. So you look at that, you, you see disappointment, but they do bring across Rhett Lashley, who has spent some time with the program. So he was there in 18, 19 seasons, um, and he should be the man to be able to come in and, and keep things humming there because it has been good. Uh, what I do have confidence in with this Mustang football group is the offensive side of the ball. They've got Tanner Mordecai at the quarterback position, who is a good one. Uh, and I think the combination there will have them putting up points. Where there are the concerns and where the losses featured heavily from were on that defensive side of the ball. They're a leaky ship uh, and they need to show some improvement on that side to really get in the conversation for the American title this year. They've brought across a new defensive coordinator in Scott Simmons. Uh, and his, his challenge really is to kind of get them and to make a step forward similar to what Houston did to, to be able to cut off you know, 10 points a game on average on defense against you. If, if they can make that sort of jump, then they'll be competing. I'm probably just not buying into it. I think they prob- they stay around that, that second tier down in the group, uh, and, and that's where the program's at.
0: Yeah, don't disagree. I, I think Rhett Lashley's going to do a good job. I like him as a person. Uh, I assume he's going to call the plays there on offense. Uh, he needs to diversify that run game a little bit. Too much inside zone. Uh, need to get those block, like those offensive linemen out in space a little bit. And and you know very simple route concepts. Nothing too difficult on that sense. So they will, they're going to play fast. A bit like Sunny Dykes. I mean he's off that coaching tree. So they're going to play fast. There's going to be 90, 85 to 100 plays kind of per game for that offense. So that's what they're going to be looking to go kind of really, really fast. Um, and it should be entertaining again, whether they get the results. I mean, you've got a good quarterback and that's where it all starts. The, the disproportionate influence that the quarterback position has on the sport means that a team like SMU, who may, you know, certainly got holes around the place, but that quarterback position is pretty solid. that's always a good sign all right i'm gonna shoot into the mountain west let's go utah state if i can so aggie football i'm gonna keep this real short because I, i don't mind utah state this year obviously made the conference championship game last year in year one of blake anderson that was a raging success um unluckily this year or oh maybe not it's probably a payday for you as well but they get alabama out of the gate and that's going to be a huge test for a defense that was better last year but still has a way to go to be consistent so i think that game will probably be over at halftime. the offense was awesome you know 33 points last year um they continue to cr- like just roll out quarterbacks that are big athletic bodies um whether it was jordan love or you know However, this at the moment they've got Logan Bonner, he's going to have to do it again. Um, but unfortunately, his receiving core looks vastly different from last year's. I think the Aggies probably still rip through the Mountain West. I just think they probably get off to a bit of a bumpy start. We don't hear too much from them um, before we get into kind of deep into conference play because they'll carry that national loss. So they're not going to be the uh, the darling from the group of five this year.
1: Uh, look, uh, I I tend to agree. I do want to make one take though from what you've said there, and I think it's probably unpopular opinion, something that's not thrown out there all that much. But Alabama really should get some credit for who they schedule. Like they, they're a great team, but they don't give a fuck. Like they're playing Utah. Utah State's like a, that's a that's a team who is pesky, right? You don't you don't want too many of that.
0: Let's, Let's calm down. That, like
1: that's that. you say. Like you've got Texas. You, you've said, "Yeah, I'll take on Texas." After taking on what Miami the year before, like no, that's the, they, nothing.
0: Yeah, so they're picking on they're picking on mediocre programs that they're should getting hold more clout.
1: Weight. They are getting clout.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I don't I don't see. I they always play on their terms. Would be the other kind of negative thing. And it was know. it's the same. Like they ain't ducking teams here. No, maybe not. I don't know what I kind of expect. But I, I, want to get, I think the SEC wants to get to a point where they don't play any adequance anyway. They just want to it keep it all in the SEC.
1: All right, I'm going UCF. Let's all jump right. to it. Let's, straight go, straight let's in. go UCF. You want to go UCF. So yeah. I do. Um, so uh, I guess where they're at as a program, talk, it talks to what you said earlier about the fact that they kind of dropped off. They were 9-4 and four last year. And, and that is kind of like a dropped off, This this team is not doing so well anymore. Nine and four is still not bad, right? Like, you're still a good football team if you're flying in those circles. And if that's your down year, then you're doing all right. And Gus Malzahn was able to get that. They had a good bowl win over Florida. Uh, Florida were a bit of a basket case at that point without a head coach. But, hey, you take it, especially over the, the big brother there. you got to love that. I think the, the, the big thing that they're going to have that obviously is going to interrupt them this year is the loss of Dylan Gabriel. Uh, that quarterback position, and then they've got to fill those shoes. They've got John Reese Plumley across from Ole Miss. He's and still Mikey kicking King. around. He's still Jeez, kicking some around. Some of
0: the so, names that are like, I know, right? Still You're like, Jesus,
1: th- these guys were starting when we started this podcast, and that feels like it's a fucking long time ago. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, him and Mikey Keane battling it out, it's not the sexiest but I think like it, it could have success and they could make that work we'll see what happens there they do have a, a favorable, favorable schedule uh, they, they've got very manageable out of conference matchups I think the team is going to be in a conversation for double digits and will be matching it with both Houston and Cincinnati I think it is those three that are really vying for the title in the American
0: yep cool uh yeah, I don't have much of a take on on UCF. I I think they'll quietly cruise along, but I'm not holding my breath on them. I'm going to get to my favourite team in the group of five this year, Mountain Ooh. West team. Uh, we'll give you some we'll give you some hints. Let's see how we go. Uh, Jeff Tedford used to coach this team. There he is now back at the helm because the previous head coach is now the head coach at Washington. It's hint number one.
1: Fresno State.
0: Oh, all right. <laughs> all right. Nailed it. Yeah. So I don't know, I don't know what it, next he went was. to
1: Cow didn't he? Did he go to Cow Yeah, him? he was at Cow. Yeah. He was American. in
0: the NFL for a while as well. Yeah. Like he's he's done a done a bit of stuff. Um but yeah, I mean Jeff Tedford. He <laughs> had a really good um couple of years there uh in what, what, twenty eighteen, nineteen, somewhere there. Uh and this and now he returns and that was a high powered offence then. It's got the potential to be even better this year because you have got one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Jake Hayner started at Washington, transferred to Fresno, nearly went back to Washington um, as, uh, you know, his his former head coach left and has taken over the Huskies' job. Uh, And he nearly went with him, but he didn't. He stayed put. He went over 4,000 yards last year, 33 touchdowns. Um, So expecting another huge, huge year from him. The receiving crew shouldn't take too much of a dip. And I am ready, my body is ready for this Bulldog attack to lead the Mountain West in offense again. Um, And this, like I said, is my team for the group of five. And I think they're going to be really talented, a really good watch. You're going to have a higher-powered, exciting offense. On the defensive side, they're not just, I guess they're just not that one-dimensional offensive heavy team. This defense only surrendered 21 points per game last year, and even if they regress to allow more like 24 points per outing, I still think the offense is good enough to get past that. So I've got a lot of time for this Fresno team. They do do have to go to Boise State and to USC, which won't be heaps of fun, uh, but I think they should be able to manage the rest of the schedule, and that includes a, a Power 5 team in Oregon State at home. But I love me the Bulldogs this year. I'm, I've never been a fan of, of red, blue, and white. Never been a fan of a Bulldog mascot. But this year I am. I'm getting behind Fresno State.
1: I like it, mate. Get behind them. Put your flag in the ground. Team. Just yeah, another, another team. Yeah, another team. Buy some merch. Get around it. Hopefully they have a good year. I mean that's promising. As you said, the the quarterback they've got there is is a legit stud, so that's something fun to watch and hopefully they can do some stuff for you. I'm going to jump back in now American. If I was to have a sneaky play, like an underdog to pop up and, and have a crack this year within that's the American, awesome. it is ECU. Ooh. East Carolina. Yeah, that, they were a little bit. They were a little bit uh
0: frisky last year. They, they were, okay they were.
1: Stuff. So 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 they've been struggling a little bit lately, but last year they managed to pull together seven wins, and they returned a whole heap of production on both sides of the ball uh, to support that. So they've got Holton Naylors at uh, the quarterback position, Keaton Mitchell, uh, Rajai Harris running the ball. They've got uh, a really nasty front seven on defense that where they're returning a lot of production. I just think this group, with what they've got coming back and what they, they have to have building there... Is a, a one to keep an eye on, and and that'd be my sneaky play in the American. If you're picking one,
0: okay, yeah, don't hate it. Get get some purple in your life. Um, you know, Northwestern are not going to be that. TCU so not, not going to be that. So maybe going to be Washington. <laughs> Definitely not Washington. All right, I've got one or maybe two more to go. Boise State. I think we have to discuss Boise. They haven't had a losing season since '97, which is crazy. So they deserve some credit every year. Although their 7-5 and five last year was fractionally closer to a losing season than they would have liked. Andy Avalos, a bit of a rough start probably in his head coaching career at Boise State, and he's going to want something a little bit better next year. Needs to start with the run game. I think those uh, Boise State teams that have been really competitive, really good over the journey, have had really solid run games. Yeah, they've had some handy quarterbacks, whether it's Tyler Thigpen or you know Hank Backmeyer, who they've now got back for at least the millionth year as well this year. Um in at boise state so i think they're gonna have to get more push up front they're gonna have to be able to control the clock a little bit more um and that's going to start with george Halani at running back position i think he should be a good one but almost everybody else on the skill position side in the offensive room has kind of gone Shakur's at where buffalo now in the nfl uh, so, you know, it's hard to replace dudes that electric, um, that explosive and, and that much of a game changer. So, I don't know what, I don't know what the offensive game plan is going to be. Do you try and run the ball? I hope they do because I think that's the answer. Or do you put the ball in Hank Backmire's hands and see how you go? Don't know. It's going to be interesting because I think they've got a loaded division. You've got Fresno State. You've got San Diego State. Um, and, you know, both of those teams are going to be really good this year. So, a lot of competition up the top. Of the Mountain West,
1: we have got a fun fact for you, and this is what people can really look forward to from the punting side—the sort of analysis that you're going to get from from yours truly over here. But the Boise State Broncos have been favourite in the preseason to win the Mountain West Conference for every year since 2013. They have only won the title three times across that period.
0: There you go. There you go. Are they favourites this year.
1: Well, you've got to the end of what knowledge I can give you and (laughs) ask the question, but uh, I'll certainly bring that up. San San Diego State, maybe? I don't know. be interesting. um, Who's your pick, then? Who's your pick in the
0: Mountain West? I am going to... I'm taking Fresno State. I have to. I've got to double down on them. I think maybe Fresno State, Utah State. Is that like a a conference championship game that can happen I think that would be where I would lean if it was me and give me Jeff Tedford and those bulldogs from Fresno
1: yeah I kind of like that I'm a little bit disappointed in myself because I've just brought up my uh, sports bet app uh, and I had it open on the AFL women's fixtures where I'm just kind of having a peruse to see if I can get any value in that. Like, where where am I in life that I'm doing? That's not, that's not good. <laughs> All
0: right, while you're shuffling through that, I'm going to um, jump across to Coastal Carolina. I do want to mention them because they've got one of the coolest ma- mascots, the Shunter Clears, uh, And I think you know, coming up into FBS football. They've been one of those kind of success stories that we don't necessarily hear all the time. Um, and Grayson McCall is at the forefront of their success. Um, they've got the blue field, which I love. And they've got a quarterback who... And, and, a, and a coach in Jamie Chadwell, who has got has the perfect pair for each other in terms of the offensive system. You've got a quarterback that can run it. Um, and, you know... They have had such a such an impressive uh, kind of couple of years run in the Sun Belt. Um, and no one probably picked Grayson McCall to be as good as what he is. And he's still got a lot of growth. I still think, you know, certainly as a passer, there's still a ways to go for him. Um, some of his decision making is important and, and he needs to improve on that as well. He loses the two big ones. Isaiah Likely is making noise at the Baltimore Ravens from the tight end position. And then Javion Hiley as well is gone. So you lose your two biggest passing targets and, and there's not a whole heap left behind that. So they're going to have to replace that. We know their defense punches well above their weight. So they should be okay, um, particularly along the defensive line. I, I don't know where this shakes out or how this shakes out in the end. Um, but again, when you've got a quarterback like that, yeah, you've got App State in conference. Um, you've got Louisiana. I don't, I don't think they get them this year, but you've got Louisiana in conference as well. So there's some still good teams in the Sun Belt. I just think South, um, Coastal Carolina will be another really scrappy quality team um, on their night. And they've got different ways to win. When I say scrappy quality, I suppose, um, you know, they can scratch around and and play some good defense and and allow their offense to work their way into games. Or they can go full ham, go full noise and uh, put up some points as well. So they've got multiple ways to win. I think they're a quality outfit and they should get to eight or nine wins this year.
1: Look, I agree. I'm all in on Coastal Carolina. I think they win the Sun Belt. Uh, they third favourite to win it. So App State, uh, Louisiana, and, and then Coastal Carolina at five bucks. They're closely followed by Marshall. So it's tight, but uh, I think that quarterback-head coach combination is just one of the best in all of college football. So, yes, there's obviously a bit going around it, but if you can get those two nailed down with what they've got cooking – I'll back them in, absolutely. Uh, Going back to favorite in the Mountain West, it is Fresno State. So they're Ah. just ahead of Boise, uh, 330, 360. It looks like there's five genuine contenders and then the rest. So you've got Fresno, Boise, uh, Air Force, San Diego State, and then Utah State. Mm. Uh, And then everyone else are at big odds to win that. So quite interesting. All right, you got anything more in the American I've got like a few and I'm just going to quickly pound out my thoughts across the rest of the American. You good with that? Pound pound away, mate. Well, that won't take long. Then Memphis, after <laughs> a step back last year, uh, I think it's going to be difficult for them to get back to the top tier of this conference. I think they've got a lot of turnover. They're going to be blooding in a lot of uh, new players, a lot of inexperience across the group there. And I think the, the early success that they have whilst trying to do that is going to t- Determine the trajectory for these guys, but I think they're struggling. I think they sh- they find it difficult to get to a bowl game this year. Bang, Tulane, Green Wave. I know I know you've been hot for this. Last year was disappointing, <laughs> two and ten, <laughs> not great. But Michael Pratt, the quarterback that they have there, is a weapon, uh, and I think he's going to have them competing in most games, and they will expect more wins than that, and they will start to get up and be competing potentially for a bowl game this year. There you have it. Tulsa, on the other hand, back-to-back bowl games, I think it's going to be tough for them to continue that trend. I think they've got a really difficult schedule. Uh, they've only got seven starters returning, uh, and this just feels like it's going to be a rebuilding year for the Golden Hurricane. USF Bulls. Uh, i got a soft spot for the Bulls. I love those filthy unis that they had uh, a couple of years ago. <laughs> they, they've just stuck with me. A couple of tough years, so 3-18 and 18 over the last two years, but they do have reason for optimism this year. So they've got Jerry Bohannon across from Baylor. Do you realise they grabbed him from Baylor? Yeah, I did know that he was on the move. Yeah, yeah, so they've got him coming across. They've got all five starters up front. They've got a whole heap of experience back on D. I think there's going to be uh, some improvement from that group and uh, the things are trending in the right direction which is good navy on the other hand uh 2019 remember that 2019 11 and 2 season that navy mm-hmm. put in That's just like yeah. lightning in a bottle right because we, we just have when they like it. didn't didn't throw the ball forwards yeah and it mm-hmm. worked for them and now people are kind of like yeah this is really awkward and annoying but we can kind of stop it and i think we, we can expect that so they will be doing their thing. They're going to be a tough out for everyone that they play, but they're going to struggle. And then down the bottom of the American for me, Temple. They've got new coach in Stan Drayton. I think he's got his work cut out. Uh, it's going to be a long-term project, and they will be scraping together victories. Struggling to anyways.
0: All right. Uh, that brings us to the end of all my notes and all my information, which... I don't have much on that uh, anyway, if I'm honest. But where, what have we got left? We need to cover off on week zero. So firstly, thoughts on week zero. Like I said, it's a pretty, pretty average kind of slate. The headliner is Nebraska Northwestern. That game is in Dublin, Ireland, Ireland. Outside of that,
1: oh, I don't know. Uh yeah. Look, I'm starving for college football. Like, I am excited as anything. And even in my state, I can't get excited for week zero because mm-hmm. there is just nothing here. It feels like it's the preseason, but this is not a sport that lends itself to having a preseason because every game is so important. You can't go in to a game half cocked. Like, Nebraska dropped this game, Scott Frost's job is done.
0: He's coming out very cocky saying like we deserve to be awesome. I like we it. We deserve to be. And i was like mate you got a long way to go. You, you know, know I'm on the husk.
1: Kind of... I'm I'm riding the Huskers this year. So I'm I'm all for that. I think they they, they do well in this one, but outside of that game at the 2:30, like I kind of like that they take it on the road. They're taking that one to Dublin. Uh, I'd love them to bring it back down to Australia and for you and I to be able to go to a game. Like let's let's have one let's have one somewhere what's the stadium in Melbourne called where they play the rectangular games no no that's that's more of an oval uh Optus Oval let's go with that um but like Waverley
0: Waverley do they still play games at Waverley
1: no well maybe Roller Derby I don't know (laughs) but It would be great. I would love to have it back down in Australia. Uh and, and but that's kind of it, it is an exhibition thing here. You look across these slate, there's nothing all that exciting. The games that are tight from like a a Vegas line perspective, North Texas UTEP. It's almost a pick'em, but like who who really cares? Uh Man. there's some
0: I'm a I'm okay with with uh, some UTEP football, Give me the minors.
1: Yeah, you have pulled a season or two together with them. In the old NCAA days, <laughs> yeah. fun fact. Whilst, whilst we're at this, oh, I have du- I've dusted off the old NCAA recently. <laughs> you are desperate. I've, I've gone back in. Uh, last night was playing. Had a had a had a good win. I've started up as Wyoming Cowboys. That is uh, not the first time you've started up as Wyoming either. No, absolutely not. Uh, but I don't think there's a team left that I haven't started as. Like, <laughs> actually, probably any of the Power Five teams, because you never start as a Power Five team. You nah, always start as nah. a Group of Five team. But I think I've yeah. hit every go- Group of Five team, uh, yeah. and I had the 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 dreaded played the game, won the game, uh, got to the end, hit like froze, and it froze. <laughs>
0: yeah, dude, you can't be, you can't be punching the buttons through that you, those you gotta be screens. so
1: careful don't you you have to be yeah. so careful and have
0: you replayed the game like what have you done
1: no like I, I, I literally sat in darkness in the room <laughs> for maybe 45 minutes just hoping it would unfreeze <laughs> and my partner came home from work and it was just like a dark room that I was sitting in and she's like is everything okay I'm like I don't think it is I'm not sure it is okay I was, I was quite dirty so uh, yeah, it, it takes a little bit. The, when you need it, yeah, to get you're gonna back. play
0: it again. You throw four picks and lose and badly. Lose. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. It's the only game I've played on the year where I haven't turned the ball over. So yeah, oh
0: well. Gotta be able to get those stats. Um, one final mention before we do sign off here: Adam Corsak uh, got named as pre-season All American as a fantastic
1: punter. legend.
0: So an Aussie That's guy it. out at Rutgers. Out at Rutgers doing work he has been
1: yeah he's been a big name for a number of years there so that's kind of well deserved his trajectory has been awesome Uh, he's a guy who has potential NFL uh, dreams ahead of him so that's that's great to hear
0: certainly all right that brings us to the end of pretty much all our previews now we are done we've got our (laughs) season launch episode next week god knows what that is going to entail fun fun funnel round we've got our nfl fantasy draft this weekend as well so it really is all here the skirt is hitched above the waist at this point and we're Ooh. backing the truck up <laughs> i don't know how on I that ended up there. anyway on that note um make sure you do hit us up twitter facebook instagram at cfb down under on behalf of that guy over there thank you so much for joining us my name's aaron that is will and we will see you next time